good morning to everyone. Trust that you've had a great December and January. Uh, who's enjoyed Cape Town in this season? Cape Town's been rocky. Come on, let's just face it. Hey, like, it's, it's been incredible um, on the beaches and the weather. Of course, you guys know the reason she's taking along with heaven. He doesn't want to disappoint Cape Townians. So um, everyone else is getting Cape Town except Cape Townians. Didn't you guys know that? Anyway, so, um, but, but we're excited. We start our year off every year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. So for some of you, you might be fasting social media. Um, and let's, let's face it, we're living in a world that needs to switch off their device. Uh, some of you are fasting uh, food. Uh, some of you are doing a Daniel fast where you're only doing fruit and veg. Some of you are doing one meal a day. Um, so I encourage you, if you haven't started the journey, this is the time where we, we disconnect from the world. There might be a rhythm you need to disconnect from to connect with God. We're, and we, we actually, in those spaces we create, we get into the Word, we get into worship. I've spent more time in the Word and I've, I've bought a, a, a book um, on the book of Romans and I'm not only reading through it, I'm studying it. I'm just going a bit deeper. So I just decided to go, in this time, I decided to put some focus on um, more reading, more study, um, and, and it actually refreshes me. You'll, you'll be blown away at how you feel after reading something that's healthy, that helps you, that gives you more understanding. I'm also reading more leadership books. I re- I'm going through uh, different summaries of leadership books. So I, do, I spend 20 minutes a day on a leadership book and I go through just the, the key highlights. And so those are the little things I'm doing to change my rhythm. And then I'm only listening to worship music of course, it doesn't always work because sometimes my kids are in the car. So we, we've got a rule. We, we actually always start with Jesus. We're in the car. We put a worship song on something. They enjoy a new song. And then, of course, they've got a playlist. But when it's just me at the house in the car, I'm just listening to a bit more worship. And, and there's just songs that you go, you'll find your worship just goes a bit deeper in this season. So I encourage you to try it. Um, for some of you, you might go, my first fast is actually I'm going to stop listening to um, just any radio, I'm going to listen to worship. That's how I'm going to do it. I know Man United supporters are fasting, winning right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's crazy, like this stuff. Anyway, um, but it's been a long fast for them. Hey, like, a, that's a 40 day, 50. Anyway, but um, <laughs> you need a, some of you guys have spent all your money in December and you're actually just fasting anyway in January. Anyway, like, <laughs> you, you need to make it spiritual. Just don't back off. You know what I mean? Just claim it what it is. You know, the kids are like, what are we eating today? We're fasting. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> so but in the last week, we, um, we actually do five nights of worship. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn up my volume a bit. I really make myself a bit more sensitive. So I'm going to go on a liquid fast for those five days. Then the last, the Saturday, the Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to go back on a Daniel because that's what I'm on right now, Daniel fast. So just fruit and veg. And then um, in that time, we have worship nights from seven to eight. We have View Kids runs as well. And if you've never been to one, it's, it's actually a mind-blowing experience because when you come in hungry, God fills you up. Uh, but if this is your first year fasting, maybe that's all you do. You actually set aside time to come to those worship nights. The place is pretty much this packed, full of God's presence, it's, it's an hour of prayer and worship. It's an incredible environment. And I've had a lot of testimonies where people, God, God speaks to people, gives them new direction, fresh dreams. So I encourage you to, to, to come to God. Don't throw away your confidence. Believe for more um, and, and really start your year strong with God. Uh, we also are baptizing people at the end of the service. If you haven't been baptized, we have shorts, t-shirts and towels. 
um, in the toilet and you can go get ready after the service and we'll water baptize you. And then uh, we are starting view groups this week. And, and the key thing, the reason we're starting view groups this week is we want the view groups to get together, socialize, um, and they can, of course, pray together where they actually set prayer goals. So everyone in the group knows this is a goal we're going to stand with this family for or this individual for. So then in the fast week, everyone's got each other's prayer goals and they pray through those prayer goals as a, as a, as a view group. And in that place of unity, we believe they're going to see a lot of miracles as they stand together um, and bring those requests to God. So here I go. We're in the second week of Transform. Romans 12 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. So this is Paul. He, he, prior to this chapter, he mentions all the good things God's done, the mercies He's shown, His grace He's given us. And he says, based on all this, therefore, based on all these things, you'd find that in the King James Version, therefore, because of this, I want to encourage you, uh, because of all of this, I want to encourage you to give yourself to God, to worship God, give your bodies to God because of all He's done. Let them be living and holy uh, uh, and holy sacrifice, the kind that, that He will find acceptable. So, so He's saying, I want you to bring yourself, your heart attitude, and bring it to God as a living sacrifice. Another way of saying it is, pick up your cross daily. Based on what God's done, I want you to pick up your cross daily. And of course, He's giving us an instruction. But before the instruction, He's saying, can you see what God's done? I want what God's done for you to be the focus. From that place of focusing on what He's done for you, you'll find it way easier to actually worship Him. Of course, it's a sacrifice um, that we bring that's living. It's not a dead sacrifice. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice, the lamb that was slain. You can't take that place. He's now sorted that sacrifice that needed to be made. We come and we have a living sacrifice. It's, and Paul's actually speaking about a, a, a devotion to God that's also practical. It goes on to say, um, this is truly the way to worship Him. So you and I were designed to have a relationship with God, a worship relationship. Of course, the, the key to finding out what you're worshiping um, is you see what you're spending, what, what's most valuable in life, what direction it's going in, your time, your talent, and your treasure. If you follow that path, it will lead to a throne. And at that throne is what you're worshiping. And you and I were designed to worship and we were designed to worship God. So you can't switch off your worship. And Paul's now saying, but this is how you truly worship God. You, you come to God daily, you devote your life to Him, you pick up your cross, but you do this in the back end of viewing His mercies, His grace. And this needs to be the forefront of your mind. Paul goes on to say, don't copy now. Okay, so you, you worship God, but you don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better um, than, uh, sorry, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. Just as our bodies um, have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts in one body and we all belong to each other. In this grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain 
things well. So Paul's writing to us and he's pointed out God's goodness. This is based on this. I want to encourage you to uh, bring yourself as a living sacrifice, always devoted to God, uh, putting Him first in your life. This is truly worship. And then as you do this, don't just um, go with the flow, copy the behaviour of the world, uh, but be transformed um, in your mind. So of course, clearly we have to be focused on God's Word. We need to be reading God's Word. And, and as we do this, we'll also have a dis- ability to discern. Um, it's like we're viewing God's mercies, they're transforming our mind and we're looking at life through His mercies. We, we're viewing life through the mercy of God. We're viewing life through the grace of God. We, we, we even that disconnect in the relationship we have with somebody, we're viewing it through the mercy of God. The grace of God, God's got grace for me, He must have grace for them. God, God will forget, forgive me, God clearly wants to forgive them. Like the mercy of God, you understand, the goodness of God. Not the, uh, not the offence, I'm not viewing life through the offence, I'm not viewing life through um, the economy, I'm not viewing life through, well, I'm viewing through the mercy of God. That's our filter. And, and so, so we're thinking differently, we're discerning differently. And, and then Paul goes on to say that you shouldn't think better of your, than you shouldn't think too high of yourself. You think, shouldn't think too low of yourself um, because God's made you part of a body and you belong to each other. And He's actually given you a, a special gift to add value to His body. So the first thing I wanna ask you is, are, are we conformers or transformers? A conformer just goes to the flow and a conformist change from the outside in. Um, just the world around them can change them. A transformer is changed from the inside out. Um, so, but if we, so if we want to be transformed, we know it's a spiritual work that God does inside of us, uh, in our hearts and our minds. And it's something that we focus on. But, but when we're not actually devoted, heart, devotion, and, and, and focused our attention on God in our mind, then life can happen and you can conform. Uh, the opinions of this world can actually form you and you can end up living a life um, that doesn't bring joy into your life because you were created by God and God knows you. And, and so, so what the truth about you actually is what God says about you. Why? Because He created you. I mean, you can bring a product and, and say the truth about it, but the one who created it really knows the product. And for you and I, uh, you need to understand that God loves you Scripture says He made you in your mother's womb wonderfully and skillfully. He saw every day ahead of you. He knows exactly what you're going to face. He knows exactly what you're going to navigate. And so going to Him would be a very wise thing. And, and as you actually go to Him, you'll find that you're a way happier person. As you learn to learn about His thoughts that He has for you and actually learn to think like Him, you start to discern, you'll be a lot happier than the thoughts that come to your life when you just conform to this world. Of course, there are gonna be a lot of influences, a lot of voices, and, 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 and you can try to let your talent, your potential form your identity, um, or you can let social media form your identity or the press of this world, but, but, but you and I need to be formed and transformed in a healthy relationship with God, a devoted relationship with God, and by His Word. Um, God uses uh, people as well in the transformational process. God is not going to bypass people in your healing process. He's not going to heal you as an island. He's going to call you into community. Of course, we got a world that, that is more and more isolated. 
um, there is a culture called the therapeutic culture. This is an article written, this article is written by Timothy Keller and then he, he touches on some interviews, but he says, this culture that currently has gained momentum in our world uh, is strongly inward focused. And, and hear me out, because I've just said you transform from the inside out. But, but let me say it in this way, it's strongly self-focused. Uh, while uh, our culture, where we grew up in, used to stress the importance of community, and the need to forge your identity uh, that uh, negotiates and aligns with the common good of people in your life, your family and your community, the new culture stresses uh, that, that, that our identity should be based on our desires. And, and, and then from based on our desires, we should move outward and society should honour our interests. That's the current trend. Society should honour my interest. So modern therapy uh, was designed to defend individuals against any community or outward influence that uh, fostered guilt-producing standards on them. Isn't that true nowadays? Um, if it makes me feel guilty, clearly it's not good. It's a very unhealthy place to be because I'm an individual. And, and I found my identity in my desires. Somehow God made us to be islands. And of course the scripture, the first time God's negative, he says it's not good for man to be here. But modern, the culture says you find yourself by yourself. Um, an actress in a recent interview, an issue of the Global Heroes magazine distributed by the Wall Street Journal perfectly exemplifies the therapeutic turn. When asked what is one choice that everyone can make to improve the world around them, she answered, question everything. Look for your own truth. Live your own truth. Instead of repeating anyone else's, she elaborated. What's crucial to me is to make my audience question old beliefs. She counsels her fans to every day ask, what do I need today? Then go out and get it. You might need therapy. You might need to change your diet. You might need to get divorced today. You might need to go on a yoga retreat and yes, sometimes medication. The only person who can walk through that door is you. And she asks, she mentions, isn't this empowering? That's the culture we live in today. All the emphasis is on individuals feeling free. They free themselves, him or her, from the bonds of tradition, duty and obligation to community in order to pursue his or her personal aspirations and, um, and desires. Some years ago, a Christian was auditing a class in Harvard, Harvard in system counselling. The professor artfully explored a case study in which the patient wasn't able to see in himself great hidden hostility, to, hostility towards his mother making the mechanisms visible to him of his inner anger and the various sorts of denial he, um, he used um, helped, him get, um, helped him a great deal. When the Christian student asked how the therapist could uh, then go on and help the patient forgive his mother, the professor responded that the therapist should not do that. The client will have to learn to live with his hostility, but hopefully not be driven by it. Interestingly, a lot of secular students in the class lined up on the Christian side and asked why forgiveness was so problematic. The professor responded, don't force your values about forgiveness onto, this, onto the patient. 
The point of therapy, in his view, was to support the patient against the world and not impose a moral burden or value of forgiveness on them, which would, in a sense, force him back into a relationship he did not want. If all that matters is individual autonomy, then forgiveness and reconciliation, which are designed to foster and maintain community, are of little importance. Of course, our sin inclines us to behaviour that regularly weakens and breaks relationships. But through the Spirit of God, we're given the ability to realise partially, not fully, in this life, something um, of the beauty and joy of those future relationships through the practice of discipline, of forgiveness and reconciliation now. I'll let you know one day in heaven, it says we'll see God face to face. We'll see God fully. We'll have the healthiest relationships we'll ever have. And God's transformational process as you go to heaven and go from glory to glory is to grow in your relationship with God and relationship with people. You'll become more secure here and you'll be healthier. You'll be able to celebrate who you are and you'll be able to celebrate who your neighbour is. What the kingdom culture you bring will actually break down walls that divide. But a culture of this world will build more and more worlds. But the current culture is saying you're an individual, you don't have to forgive anyone. The reason it's so true is that it fits in with today's shame and honour culture. Modern culture teaches us that our primary concern is to demand respect and affirmation for our own identity. Of course, we're looking for this respect and honour and this has been looked for in, right throughout um, time. In the old days, it was, uh, we looked for honour and, and respect in different ways. But today... In this new culture of shame and honour, people today are encouraged to respond with outrage to even the slightest offence. Modern therapy sees individuals as being oppressed and controlled by society's expectations, roles and structures. Greater honour and moral virtue is assigned to people who have been victimised and subjected to to more uh, ills. The further down you are on this ladder, the greater honour is possible. Of course, I do think we have to sort out injustices. I, I am angry about things of the past, but you need to see the danger in this culture. This culture says that you are more honoured the more oppressed you are. I need you to hear me. But this, honor will, this culture will never celebrate forgiveness and overlooking offence and forgiving even your enemies. Because as soon as you forgive your enemies, you lose your honour and you've got nothing to live for in this culture. So then you've got nothing to write about in social media. You've got nothing to march through the streets on. You've got no reason to burn down buildings. And this culture is celebrating being victimised. But the problem is, once you receive Jesus and His forgiveness, you're no longer a victim. And once you receive forgiveness, it means you have to forgive others. So... The culture, if you're walking down that road, you're walking away from a kingdom culture. Because as soon as you receive Jesus, as you've been forgiven, you forgive. When people bring up a victim mentality, you can't relate because you're not a victim. Your sins have been forgiven. Maybe you've gone down this victim culture. I've seen it. That people are Christians. Next thing you know, something goes social media and they, next thing you know, they had a march. They even they have nothing to do with them. It's like marching for no reason. 
It's like, because they want honour. They want respect. And they know that honour and respect comes when you've been oppressed. But this does not cause you to step into the transformational process that God has for you. Love covers a multitude of sins. That's what Scripture says. The new culture says, no. I'm going to live with my unforgiveness. I'm never going to deal with it. And so the culture is littered with enormous numbers of broken and irreparable relationships and they justify it. I have my right. I have my right to be offended. I have my right to not speak to my mom. I have my right to not speak to my siblings. I have my right to not forgive my boss. I have my right to not forgive the past. I have my right to hold offence in the future. And then they somehow think they're going to gain victory in this life, but they're missing out on the transformational process of coming to God, being forgiven and forgiving others. So God points us out through Paul in Romans that you and I need to see God's mercies and that needs to be the filter of our life. That needs to be the forefront of our life that God is merciful. And if we don't do this, we're gonna stagnate. We're gonna miss out on totally reaching our destiny. And so the key way to stop the stagnation and conforming is you and I need to... um, Overcome stagnation in your relationship with God. Keep His mercies in view. You need to keep His mercies in view every day. This is one of the key ways to stay away from a culture that conforms you. His mercies needs to be at the forefront of your mind. He's forgiven you of your sin. His mercies are new every morning. He's paid the price for your sin, that you are the apple of His eye. Nothing can separate you from His love. If He's for you, who can be against you? He's got plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. His mercies need to be right there. And everything you see in life needs to be filtered through His mercies. It's a key way to carry on letting God transform your life. Colossians 3 verse 16 says, have the truth from God's Word dwell in us richly. Of course, I've shown you the illustration. I put a boiling water here and I just dip the tea bag. It's gonna make a difference, just in and out. But if I leave the tea bag in the hot water, the hot water that was just water now gets the flavour of tea. And because the tea bags dwelled in it richly. And you and I, if we're gonna live in this transformational power and, and victory that Paul mentions, that we don't be conformed, but we be transformed, we actually have to dwell in it. And so he says in the front of every day, be a living sacrifice, pick up your cross daily, go to God. Um, keep His mercies in view. If there's anything in the forefront of your mind, it should be that every day. His mercies are new every morning. He has been good to me. He is my Saviour. I've been forgiven. I'm not a victim. I've received forgiveness that I can pass on. Nothing can keep me out of healthy relationship. Yes, somebody might have hurt you and you can forgive them and you don't have to be in relationship with them still because they haven't proven trustworthy. But you need to free yourself. Don't tie your hands. God wants to transform you. And it's, it's in this place of Him being in the forefront of your mind. One's imagination must be captured by Christ. Your imagination needs to be captured. And, and come on, have you, have you heard bad news? Have you driven around? And, and, and there were times where your imagination was totally captured by Christ. You almost have it like people thought you were just 
like, you mean, you're just, you're hyped up. People tell you bad news, you're like, yeah, but God's good. God loves me. God knew every day ahead of me. He knew where I'd live. He knew I'd live in South Africa. God can do a miracle. Um, you're driving through traffic or you're on your way home from work and you, you, you're seeing people. And, and your biggest question is, do they know God? Um, are they in relation with God? Do they have the peace that, that God gives them when they come into His heart? Do these people have an eternity with God? Or, or is your filter just, just life? Is your, is your filter just the stresses of life, the worries of life? Um, somehow that you need to escape this to get there and somehow rescue this person. That, and, but you forgot that Jesus is your Saviour, that He's guiding your steps. That he's not going to trick you. What's your filter? Is he, um, has he set your mind on fire with his goodness? The second thing I want to encourage you to do that we see in the Scripture that's part of your transformational process is as we keep God's mercies in view, we have the right view of ourselves. It's actually one of the most awesome gifts God gives us as we keep His mercies in view, we end up having the right view of ourselves because once you see His mercies, you'll actually see yourself. See, because once you see His mercies, you'll see that you're a sinner saved by grace. So all of a sudden, you're not better than anyone. Um, but once you see His grace and mercies, you'll also see that He's given you gifts. So now you don't think too low of yourself. I'm not, I'm actually can add something. And once you see that you've got gifts, you'll end up seeing other people's gifts and you can celebrate them and see that you're better together. And you actually carry on in this transformational process. But, but, but conforming wants to isolate you, wants to tell you you're a victim, wants to disconnect you. But, but the transformational process is God first and a healthy perspective of yourself and it leads to a healthier relationship with others. You're going to find it easier to serve people, to be generous, because you're not walking into a room needing anything. You've already received everything in Christ. You actually know where you stand in Christ. You know whose you are. You know where you're going. It even says in Scripture, Jesus knew whose He was and where He was going, and He washed the disciples' feet. And even as you see God's mercies and see yourself, you will find you will be way more generous and you'll serve people. You'll actually enjoy life way more. Because it is better to give than to. But, but when you don't know who you are, then yes, I get it. It's the rat race. and You're just trying to get something out of this life. But when you can see Jesus and see who you are, you can really start to enjoy this life. So Paul says, don't think too high and don't think too low. It says in Romans 12 verse 3, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Of course, this, we, we've heard society speaking about, um, be careful for the low thoughts that are out there. Way more people are thinking low thoughts, sad thoughts. But your greatest enemy is actually the high thoughts. Your greatest enemy in life is the ego thoughts. And, and without realising, yes, a lot of people are sad. And we, we need to make sure more people get help. But there's way more people who think highly of themselves. We are way more danger of self-centeredness. Come on, think about it. We, 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 we can exaggerate our own wisdom, competence, sincerity. You know, somebody offends me, Chish, they're a bad person. I do the same. You stand in my heart, bro. <laughs> I'm a good guy. 
even their, their own power. So, so we, have a, we have a way bigger problem with high thoughts about ourselves. But, but what we need to do is go to the mercies of God. As we go there, as we see the mercy of God, we see the gospel, we see forgiveness. We don't think too high because we see we're all sinners and our efforts to, to pay the price for our sin comes to nothing. And we're actually only saved by the grace of God. We're all in the same boat. So I'm not better than you. I'm like you. I need the forgiveness. I've just received it. You also need it. Maybe you have, but I'm the same as you. And I don't think too low because the, the gospel prevents you from doing that because once you're saved, you actually see that, that God gave you a gift and He gave you a gift to add to His body. And if this is part of His transformational process, then clearly being part of His body is key. Conforming will tell you every reason why you have no time to be part of the body. Once you transform, you actually see how this is so important. So I'm, he gave me something to do in the body. Yeah, so if I'm my eye, then I need to see from my ear. If I'm, you know what I mean? Um, but but gave, God gave me a part to play. This is so important. If I want to carry on transforming, I need to see. I need to see His mercies. I need to be devoted to Him. I'm going to see myself in a healthier way. Then I'm going to see that I have a gift. I can see other people who have gifts and I can celebrate their gifts. And I can stay in community. And yeah, if you haven't been offended yet, the joke is that you haven't been in church long enough. So I can forgive them. And I can learn this process. And I can carry on relationship because one day I'm going to be in a pure relationship in heaven with God and with people but I'm going to go from glory to glory I'm going to get healthier and healthier and one of the key ways in the process is that He's actually made me part of a body so God uses relationship to transform us with Him we see ourselves better and with others healthy relationship with God healthy relationship with people now, we said, yeah, that thing, leaders are high output, low maintenance. And Jesus was that, hey, washing the disciples' feet. What low maintenance? Jesus, what are you doing? I know where I'm going. I know who I am. Wow, what a life to live. What a free life in 2024. Secure in Christ. His mercies are new every morning. I do not deserve it. I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm the apple of His eye. But I'm like everyone else. I'm a sinner saved by grace. But then He gave me a gift. And I'm not competing with anyone. My gift complements your gift. If we bring them together, we keep being transformed. And then God uses this church to reach the world. And family and friends are saved. Oh, God, I see it now. Why would I want to be isolated? Why would I want to be disconnected? Thank you for your grace, Jesus. So I encourage you, get a new filter. Write it down, His mercies that are new every morning. Maybe you need some self-talk. After His mercies, see yourself for who you are. Not too high, not too low. It says think soberly. What's the opposite? You're too drunk. You're not thinking wrong. Soberly, it's straight line. You know, like, oh, have you been drinking? Walk this line. Like, you know, have you seen that dude who does the dance anyway? On that one thing, like quite a funny thing. But 
<laughs> he does the kick. <laughs> he does the kick and the spin. Anyway. But soberly, it's, it's like, so it comes so you, you views mercies, you think soberly about yourself. You open your eyes, you see your gifts, but you can celebrate other people's gifts. You go, oh, well, we better together. Let's carry on in this transformational process. Wow, how good is God that He didn't make a mistake with us. I'm not going to conform. I'm going to be transformed. You want to close your eyes quickly? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, that everyone in this room, you never made a mistake with them. They're wonderfully and skillfully made on purpose for a purpose. They can be secure in you. They can be secure and, and enjoy God that you gave them gifts and they can celebrate the people next to them in the rows next to them's gifts. They can come together in unity. They can be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. We are your children. One day we'll spend eternity in heaven. We get to practice and live this transformational process on earth. Thank you, Jesus. See, maybe you are far from God and you need to ask Him to forgive you of your sins and receive His mercy and His grace. The Bible says as we confess that we're sinners, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. As we call on the name of the Lord, we'll be saved. So I encourage you, if that's you, I want to lead you in a confession. Maybe He's not first in your life. Uh, what does it mean? Well, well, to be first means He's at the top of the list. He's got the throne of your heart um, and He's got your devotion. Maybe something else has got your devotion. Something else has got the throne of your heart. Well, if He's not first in your list, He's not on your list. He needs to be first. That's the only place He's ever come. Maybe that's what you need to do. So ask Him to be, put Him first. Ask Him to be the Lord of your life. Take the steering wheel of your life. Jesus, take the wheel. Just with every eye closed, maybe in one or two of those groups. And I'd love to lead you in a confession with every eye closed. If that's you, just give me a wave. Say, lead me. I want to I pray that prayer. You might say, I need to ask Jesus to forgive me or I want Him to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, just give me a wave. If you're saying, that's me, God bless you. Anyone else saying, that's me, God bless you. Anyone else just saying, I need to, I need to receive this. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else just saying, I want to pray that prayer. I want to pray that confession. Okay, let's pray together. Jesus, thank You for dying on the cross for me. I call on Your name. I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sin. I confess that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I'll never be the same. Jesus be the Lord of my life. Amen. Come on, just thank Jesus in this place. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I ask everyone just to look to their right? Yaku's opened a door over there. Uh, we got men and women prayer counselors uh, in our prayer room. If you pray that prayer, we always encourage people your next step 
is to tell someone. You might put your hand up, you prayed it. Tell somebody that you made that decision. We can tell you about a foundational step, a view group that we have for you. Um, and then if you need any prayer, you can also make your way there. Uh, we're gonna be baptizing people. If you wanna get water baptized, uh, ladies, ladies, toilets, gents, gents, there's towels, tops, t-shirts. We're gonna be baptizing people outside. New people, and grab your first coffee at the God Camp banner. And then you can sign up for view group at the God Camp banner, or you can go to our website and click on view groups and sign up for that. We're starting view groups this week. Um, have an awesome Sunday. God bless you guys.